James chapter 5. I'm going to try to finish out James tonight. We'll see. Don't get you too used to this place. We get too caught up in it. We're too caught up in it. We used to say things like, I don't want to get adjusted to this world. I've got a home that's so much better. I'm going to go there sooner or later. I don't want to get adjusted to this world. The Bible says that we're pilgrims and that we're strangers passing through. Songwriter said, this whole world is not my home. I'm just passing through. You know, my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckoned me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Yeah. I can still, though, hear the old saints singing, I'll meet you in the morning. Yeah. Just inside the eastern gate over there. Yeah? Do we still believe that? They'd sing, oh, the joy of that glad meeting when our loved ones watch and wait. I'm going to be there. Yeah? I'm going to be there. If you beat me there, if you beat me there, Sue Dodge used to sing, just tell them when you saw me. It says, when you see my, she used to sing, when you see my Savior in the land of endless day, just tell him when you saw me that I was on my way. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad I don't have to look at this place and think that this is, this is it. I could turn off of James 5 and preach on heaven real quick, but I'm going to stick with James 5. <laughs> James chapter 5, we're going to pick up where we left off week before last. He makes... I would say one final quick turn, but really it's not. But we're going we're gonna to try to cover it and see what happens. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he can if he have committed sins, they will be forgiven him. That would be a stopping point. But we're going to press on. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It might be hard to get past that, but I'll, it bears repeating. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Some of you might think, well, I'm just a nobody. God doesn't answer. Hear my prayer. He doesn't answer my prayer. If you're his, he hears your prayer and he answers your prayer. Sometimes we don't like it. But he answers. May I just say at the beginning and remind you that no is a valid answer. No is a valid answer. 
Just as a bonus, somebody, somebody need, well, it applies to Scripture too, especially the Scripture. But let me remind somebody, some mom, some dad, some grandparent, some Christian, that because I said so is a valid answer. People always try to explain something. Keep me sweet, Lord, because I could talk about how it drives me crazy. People think they always got to be explaining to the five-year-old. There's a time to explain and there's a time to do. And sometimes the most valid answer that any, I'm not talking to us now, not the five-year-old, but it got, cuts both ways. Sometimes the, most, the best answer that, and, the, that the, and the answer that you need from God is because I said so. Because, see, the power of God is in obedience. Tell you, at my house, raising kids, the power of dad was in obedience. Because I said so. Hello? Well, there's lots of parents that ought to, that ought to like, get bonus points or something. This church teaches you things according to the word of God. Because the world, I, mom and dad, I, if you haven't figured it out, I have a pretty high passion about our children and the things of God. If you haven't figured that out by now, if you, ha if you hadn't figured that out, you've been living under a rock. But I'm going to tell you something. This world is not for your kid. The system is not for your kid. You need to be for your child. And being for your child is being for what's right, period. That means when they're right, you defend them. When they're wrong, you love them. Let them have the consequences and then love them again. There is never a right time to defend the wrong thing. Is it all right if I just stay here a minute? There's never, I don't care who they belong to. This is a little personal to me right now. But it's in the vein of where we're at, so I'll use it. The right time to do the right thing is right now. And that's always. Go to the mat for them when they're right. When they're wrong, let them pay the consequences for it. Love them anyway and go to the mat for them. But, but, it, but it is, I don't care who they are. If it's your firstborn, your lastborn, your, your grandma, if they're wrong, they're wrong. This is lost on this world today. This is lost on this world today. Oh, trying to decide if it's okay. They will never get strong and they will never mature. If you defend the indefensible, it gets worse. I better continue. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, somebody needs to hear that. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There's a time to get mad, there really is. There's a time, there really is a time to get mad. Hello? People don't really know that anymore. There is a time to get mad. 
But that's not your most effective weapon. The effectual fervent prayer, effectual means effective, fervent with tenacity. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I don't know if God will do these things for me. I'm not, I'm not really super spiritual. What does that mean? I'm, I, I'm already in just the practical mode tonight, so if you're expecting screaming and spitting, that's probably not going to happen. I'm in, I'm, in the, I'm in the right down where we're living mode. Where the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Super spiritual. What's that mean? I just don't know that much. Let me read. Can I, can I read this just a second? Can I help you? Is that all right? I feel like I need to define it sometimes. The effectual, fervent prayer of a well-studied theologian avails much. Not at all. The effectual, fervent prayer of someone who's been saved, living for God, knows the book from front to cover to cover for the last 40 years availeth much. No, it's not what it says. The effectual, fervent prayer of a fourth-generation churchgoer. No. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Well, I don't feel righteous. What you feel has nothing to do with it. And it's not your righteousness. The only way that it can be a righteous man is to be is to be born again. That's the only righteousness we've got. How do I know that? Paul told us this. He said that he who knew no sin became sin. That I could become what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin means the sin offering. He who knew no sin became the sin offering for me. So that I, you, could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are righteous because you are in Christ. That happens, when does that happen? Six months after you get saved? 20 years, two years, 10 years? No. The moment that you place your faith in who he is, the son of God, and what he's done, that he died in my place. The moment, the second that I say yes to Jesus, make him my Lord and my Savior, I am immediately washed clean and declared righteous. Because I'm in Christ Jesus. Now let's read it again. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Is any afflicted pray? Is any of you merry? Sing songs. I looked that up today. King James doesn't translate well to what we would say today. Is any among you happy and things are going well? Let him give God praise. And I was reading on this translation of, of, of let them sing songs. It's, it's psalms. It's let them give God praise. And it's, listen to this. I've never read it, but it turns out it's right. Hey, I'm ever learning. Are you always learning? You should always be learning. You can't exhaust this book. 
It says if you're, if any, if, if, if you're afflicted, pray. If you're, if you're happy, if you're merry, if things are going well, sing songs. And it's saying, they're really saying if, if it's going well, give God praise. And the reason is, it says this, this, this words that are being here and translated to English, it actually is talking about a praise that is the highest form of prayer. No wonder I get into his courts and his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I walk in with praise because it is the highest form of prayer. Why? You are honoring God just because of who he is. When I praise God, I am giving him glory. I'm magnifying his name. I am honoring him, not because I need something. Not because I'm buttering him up. But because he's God and that he's good and that he's my all in all. He's everything I need. He's all sufficient. It's high prayer. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I'm just a regular guy or gal. Well, James knew you were going to say that because he said, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. What's that mean? Elijah, y'all know about Elijah? Elijah prayed, what, 63 words, something like that, and fire fell from heaven. Fire that consumed water and the sacrifice and the wood the whole altar lapped up the dust Elijah Elijah that commanded it not to rain for three and a half years and God closed the heavens at his word and he prayed again, and God sent the rain. That Elijah. The Elijah that was caught out of this place in chariots of fire. That Elijah. The same Elijah that, that confronted Jezebel and Ahab to their face and killed all the prophets after the fire fell. That Elijah. And after he kills, after he prays and fire falls from heaven, he kills all the prophets of Baal. He, Jezebel says, just for that, I'm going to kill you. And Elijah tucks tail and runs to the cave and begs God to kill him. Have you ever been that high one minute and that low the next? Good. Because now you're just like Elijah. Our heroes of the faith, guess what they were? Just like you. No better, no worse just like you. Elijah was a, well it says Elijah was a man of like passions even as we are. He was literally talking about when he was on the high, when he was on the low. He wanted him to know it's just like you. That's a pretty incredible thing when you call, when you pray 63 words and you, you I mean, I mean he, 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 had already, he had already written the check if you don't know that. 
Before he prayed, he had already, he had already, he had already written the check. What are you talking about? He, he called them all together on Carmel, and, and he, he said, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to build an altar, and we're going to let you pray, and then I'm going to pray. He said, if, if God be God, If Baal's God, we're going to worship Baal when this thing's all done. That's what he said. He said, but if Jehovah is God, then we're going to follow him. And then he said, and here's how we're going to know. He said, let the God who answers by fire be God. And he prayed a prayer similar to what Jesus would do. He, 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 said, he basically said, I'm praying out loud so these people can hear. That's what he said. He's basically saying, I would, he wouldn't even use another, he wouldn't even use 63 words. But he explained to God out loud, I'm praying this out loud so these, so these fools can hear us all. And they'll know who you are. Amen. Fire. And we've got all these preachers running around saying, fire, 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 fire. When Elijah said, Amen, fire fell. Oh, but you know what? But, he, but what he said, he said, not only that, he said, I'll let you go first. You go first. I love it because. I saw a little J.R. and Elijah. Because you know why? Because Elijah was a man of like passions even as we are. I see a little of myself in Elijah. He said, y'all go first. They danced. They shouted. They hooted. They hollered. Half the day. They run around the altar. So there became a point. It says, where they began to cut themselves. And in fact, it says that, that, that not just scratches here and there, it says that, they, that blood gushed from them. Now, here's my part. I, this is how he done it. I don't know if, y'all, if you have a picture Bible, but this is how he done it. He walked up to the pulpit and he said, Where's your God? Where's he at? Perhaps he's taking a nap. Maybe he took the day off. It's really in there. What's next? What's next? He, he said, maybe he's in the toilet. It's in there. It really is. Maybe he had to poop. That's what Elijah said. Somebody look it up for the girl. It's in, Calvin, it's in there, isn't it? Thank you, it's in there. It's in there. Uh, Heather Ann, Elijah was a man of like passions just like me. He was just like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when y'all get done let me know then he walks up and said God it's me surely it was God perhaps he's daydreaming or he's relieving himself see Y'all thought I was making it up. Y'all were with Heather. Y'all just wasn't going to say anything. Y'all thought the preacher's crazy. But there it is. Maybe he's on a trip. Asleep. Needs to be awakened. Just like I told you. Just like I told you. If you're going to preach this book, you got to know what it says. (laughs) 
I knew it's what he said because James says Elijah's just like me. And that's what I'd have said. James needed to insert some stuff in there because he's been pretty rough for a few chapters. He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. We're just going to stop here a minute. We're going to close out the last two verses in just a sec. Is any among you afflicted? That word's an interesting word in light of what we've been preaching for how, how many, three, four weeks. Is any among you afflicted, vexed, oppressed, tormented? Oppressed. Let him pray. He's talking to the brethren, afflicted. He's literally talking about something that's been put on you. By who? Every time you see afflicted, vexed, Tormented, oppressed. We're talking about spiritual things coming against you. Let him pray. If you're merry, sing songs. Any among you sick, see, not the same thing. Any among you, if you're afflicted, pray. Mary sing song. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Have them anoint him with oil. Have the prayer oil for people that need a translation. There's a few people in this room that you have to interpret for. All is oil. <laughs> Y'all might, hey, I may be afflicted after a while. Because <laughs> affliction comes from the outside. If you don't mind, pray. <laughs> Just a spoonful of sugar. Yeah. Have some medicine. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Whitney listens. Thank you. And the rest of the people think this guy's nuts. So <laughs> why you keep coming back? What's he going to say? <laughs> Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if you've committed any sin, it shall be forgiven him. There's an interesting little thing about that little passage right there. By the way, uh, prayer for the sick needs to return to Sunday morning service. There's lots of ways to pray for the sick. Calling for the elders of the church, anointing them with oil, praying the prayer of faith is just one of them, but it's an important one of them that we used to do pre-pandemic and we've just let it slide. But it says, if he be forgiven any sin, it shall be forgiven him. That's an interesting little passage. Because actually what it is talking about in this particular case, and it says if, did you see that? If he's committed any sin, it shall be forgiven him. This is literally a situation where he's talking about prayer for the sick and, and for divine healing, it's pretty clear. And it said, the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, it shall be forgiven him. And, and James is actually drawing a, a line that sometimes the sickness and the affliction is from their sin. This is not a salvation moment. That's not really what he's talking about. That if, if you know you, you you anoint somebody and they're, and they're going to and they got saved because you prayed for them. That's not really what he's talking about. He's talking about that if you be forgiven, if he, if he that he, if they're sick to pray, and if they committed any sin that caused the sickness, 
That's really important because you get into politically correct gospel that's been going on forever. We will tell people that sin doesn't cause sickness. That's not, that's not, that's, that's a statement you can't make. Not, now hear me. I need to, I need to insert it in here. Somebody's going to leave here telling the wrong story. Going to be misquoting the preacher. Going to be all confused. Preacher said that if you're sick, it's because you're a sinner. Sinner? Yeah? I remind you of a time when, when, when people brought a young boy that was blind from birth. Remember? For Jesus to heal. And they had a question. Do you remember what it was? It said, Lord, who sinned? Him, the boy, the lad, or his parents? Remember? They had church folks back then too. Who sinned? Got to be somebody's fault. What did Jesus say? Neither, 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 nobody. It was neither, it was neither one. He said, but that the glory of my Father can be revealed. What was Jesus telling them? While the word is clear that there are definitely sicknesses that are attached to sin and to, and to demonic oppression. The word's clear that there, are, that, that there are illnesses that are brought on by attacks of the enemy. The word's clear on that. Are we clear on that? And then there are sicknesses, afflictions, things that happen that have nothing to do with it. Not everything's somebody's fault. Somebody help me. Because you've been in situations, probably, that you didn't understand and you think, what did I do? Well, maybe something, maybe nothing. And people that try to paint it one way or the other are not being honest with the Word of God. Some people are sick and die just because they don't believe. Can I prove that? Yeah. I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11. When they, when they begin to describe the uh, communion, the, the, the Last Supper. Starts out something like on the night that he was betrayed. Yes. It talked about Jesus that he, that he, that he took the bread and he broke it and he blessed it. And he said, this is my body, which was broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Remember? Of course, that was about your healing. Am I throwing too much information down? Because I'm fishing to throw more on top of that to prove that. Then I'm going to come back to that, then go back to the other. This is my body, which was broken for you. What Isaiah say? that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him and that by his stripes were healed. What Peter say about that after the cross? By his stripes we were healed. Like, and, like, and likewise, he took the cup, held it up, said this is the, this is the, this is the New Testament in my blood. Off as you drink it. And then Paul went on to write things like this. He said, when it, whenever you're going to, when you're going to take communion, whenever you're going to take this memorial, when you're going to remember this, he said, examine yourself. 
It's a good place to say when you when you wonder what's going on. I'm sick. What's going on with me? Did I is something? Did, have I have I stepped outside? Am I under attack? Is what's going on? That'd be a good place to examine yourself. He said, and for this reason, listen to me. He said, many are sick. He actually gives a reason in 1 Corinthians 11. Oh, thank you. For this cause, many were weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. And that's not talking about taking a nap, or I'd be taking communion so I could take a nap. That's not what it's talking about. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many are dead. For what cause? Because they eat and drink unworthily, not discerning the Lord's body. There are people that are sick, sickly, and dead. It doesn't say a few, actually. It says many. Why are they weak, sickly, and dead? Because they didn't believe. Hello? Sometimes it is you. People die because they don't remember what Jesus has done for them. There's people that die that don't have to. People go around sick, they don't have to. People sick, sickly, I mean, I ain't gonna even ask that question. I've had people work for me that they were sick more than they were well. That just wears me out. Yeah, they're thinking, oh, me right now. It's true. And they don't have to be. Anyone afflicted? Pray. You happy? You married? Sing songs. Any among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church. Oh, but the modern interpretation. Can I give you the modern interpretation? Any among you sick? Let them stay home under the cover. <laughs> Let them whine on Facebook. Now, he's not talking about coming to church with the flu. He's talking about people rather be sick than to be well. Man, y'all full of ham. <laughs> and I understand because I'm full of ham too. <laughs> Not to make you steal. Yeah. <laughs> We're sick often, way too often. Because we don't do anything about it. We don't pray. We complain. I know people, let me demonstrate something. I know people, I can think of them, I got their face in my mind right now. I've had a headache for two days. Well, do, did you take anything? No. Next day, I've still got a headache. Would you take anything? No, I don't like to take medicine. You know what I always say? Then hurt. Yep. <laughs> you got two choices. But really, there's more than I'm just demonstrating what I'm talking about right there. Because they also didn't pray. Is that right or wrong? I know, now I'll be, I'll tell you something, I forget, I forget sometimes, to, I forget. Now I don't understand how, but I, got, I, I know people, I'm not going to mention any names, none of them are my children, that they could 
No, none of them are my children. But they can be so, ha, having such asthma, asthma trouble that they, they, can, they can barely suck wind. It sounds like they're pulling through a straw. <laughs> Did you take your medicine? <laughs> no, I, I forgot. I thought, yep. How in the world do you forget when you can't breathe? Will somebody tell me, how do you forget when you can't breathe? Somebody tell me. I understand how you forget your blood pressure medicine because you can't feel that most of the time. But how do you forget to take your meds when you can't breathe? How? I could diagnose it, but I'm not going to. But I will say this. You can't fix stupid. You can't fix <laughs> You can't fix stupid. You can medicate crazy. But you can't fix stupid. But duct tape will make it quieter. Right? I'll confess that sometimes it's sick, sometimes it's affliction, sometimes we're just going through pure hell. Oh, preacher's not supposed to say that. None of y'all ever go through pure hell? Don't look at anybody. We're talking about spiritual things, not people. We wrestle against flesh and blood. Married people start, you start, we're going through pure hell, and married people look at each other. Uh, Y'all's just in agreement. That wasn't accusation looking at each other, I know. Anybody besides me, just sometimes that it's just like hell just opens the floodgates, you just go through pure hell. Straight up. Straight up. Preacher called me wait, last week, said, how's things going? I said, if every week was like this week, I couldn't survive. Pure hell. Be a preacher, it'll be fun. <laughs> Start a school, even better. <laughs> Heather be trying to kill me for four days. Yes, you. I'm telling the story. If she would talk to me right and agree with me more, thank you. Every man in the house said amen. amen. Thank you. Some of you smarter than Matt just kept your mouth shut. I, I saw the look, though. I understand. Is it Okay. I'm still teaching James chapter 5. I'm still in the Word. Wouldn't have near as much conflict if she would realize how right I am. Amen. Pass the plate right now. <laughs> You're out of order. <laughs> that wasn't the gifts of the Spirit. That was your flesh. <laughs> Help me, Whitney. <laughs> I know. I know. No, really. Be about three days into hell before you realize I ain't mad at her. Never was. She ain't mad at me. How could she be? <laughs> this is this this is just 
an attack. This is just, it is hell coming against you from any side. Is any of you afflicted? Pray. And I'm talking about being three days in before it ever crossed your mind to pray. See, I'm, see, Elijah was a man as like passions just as we are. This is normal as the day is long. Why do you think he wrote it down to remind you? Is any among you afflicted? Pray. Things going good? Praise. Are you sick? Call for help. Pray believing. Call for people that believe like you do. Why don't you want to call for the elders of the church? Because hopefully they're mature. Call for the elders of the church. Have them lay hands on you. Anointing your head with oil and praying in the name of Jesus. Why? Because it's the only authority we have to go to God in. We go to God in the name of the Lord Jesus. We get to do that. Why are you calling for the elders of the church? Why are you doing going in the name of Jesus? Because if any two or three agree, it's touching anything. And remember, this hero, Elijah, you're just like him. And he's just like you. He had his ups, he had his downs. But when he prayed, God heard him. When you pray, God hears you. Let me look it up real quick. First John. Fourteen. You ever watch me look at this Bible on these trifocal things? I used to make fun of people at the grocery store. I'd see them in the aisle and they'd be going. I thought, what are they doing? Now I know. <laughs> Trying to find the magic spot. Yeah. First John chapter five. Verse 14, you there? And this is the confidence that we have in him. You ever had anybody you had confidence in? Isn't it great when you have something, that there's something you can have confidence in? I love being able to have confidence in something. I love having people, I used to, when I was managing Dillard's, I loved having a manager that I could say, do something that I could go on about my, I never have to think about it again. I love that. Never even had to cross my mind again. It was off, if I told that person, it was off my plate. Why? Because I had confidence in them. Yes? Amen. This is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. You can have confidence that if you ask anything according to his will that he heard you. And if you know, if you have confidence, you know, right? If you know that he heard you, then you know that you have what you've asked. James has already talked about if, we, if, if, you, if you ask without doubting that God's going to answer. If you ask according to his will, it says if, you, if, you're, if you're praying you're not getting answers, you've asked amiss. Now some people think they've asked amiss because I mean, God just told you No. Hello? 
We ought to be a praying people. There ain't nothing funny about, I mean, I have to tell you funny so you'll listen to me, but there ain't nothing funny about me being three days into hell before I even thought about praying. That means I went through three days of hell for nothing. And don't tell him what I didn't get done for the kingdom of God in the three days I lost. God didn't intend for the enemy to steal three days of your life. I remind you if it was stolen, where it come from? Because it's the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. I can tell you right now, if it steals from you, and it doesn't matter what it is, it wasn't God. Because God's not a thief. God's not a thief. God's not a thief. If it steals from you, it wasn't God. That means if it stole your time, it wasn't God. Stole your money, it wasn't God. Stole your peace, it wasn't God. Stole your relationship, it wasn't God. God doesn't steal. He don't have anything bad in him. Boy, I wish I could cause everybody everywhere to understand. People do stupid things. I got news for you. Good people do stupid things. And they get bent out of shape with God. God's good all the time. That's all he is. He didn't have anything but good in him. Nothing. There's nothing but good in him. He's never done you nothing but good. Ever. When things go bad, it wasn't God. Amazingly, he can let things go bad for your good. Wrap your mind around it. Because if he allows things to go bad for your good, it's because he's trying to save you. He's pretty clear that he's willing to sacrifice everything to save your soul. Say, I don't understand that. I don't either. He told me I didn't have to. Pray. I got to hurry. I really do. They'll be out in about 10 minutes. Sometimes when you begin to, not really sometimes, most of the time, when you really begin to pray and you really begin to walk it out, you really begin to depend on God, this enemy of ours is going to throw everything he's got at you. He is going to do that. And that's why people say, I'm just not going to pray. And I'm looking at you like you're crazy, but I've been there. I've been there. I've been there lately. This Sunday, a Sunday afternoon prayer meeting. I mean, Lord, I mean, it's been a prayer meeting, and God's been doing great things around here. He's been doing, but you know what? It's also had the just everything you can think of thrown at you, like never, like I've never seen before. The temptation would be to say, "This is too hard. I quit." But oh my, the rewards of not quitting and fighting on. Oh, oh, well see, we got this perverted gospel that we've heard so long that that even when we don't believe it, we believe it. We, We think that nothing bad's supposed to happen to us and that we're never supposed to have to fight and that we're never supposed to be in a war. When he promised us a war, he promised us a war. In this world, you will have tribulation. Jesus, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Paul, I, I've, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. What else did he say? I'm ready to be poured out as a drink offering. He was waiting to take his head off his shoulders. I finished my fight. I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've ran my race. I'm ready to be poured out.
We have promises that says that all those who, who strive to live godly lives shall suffer. That's not in Mama's promise box on the coffee table, but it's a promise. Say so that why do we do it? Because the victories are way bigger. I promise you the victories are bigger. Somebody. The juice is worth the squeeze. A promise. It's going to be worth it. Fight on. Fight on. Fight on. What are you going to get if you give up? What's going to happen if you give up? If it's too hard? You know why we don't see what Smith Wigglesworth saw? Because we haven't paid what Smith Wigglesworth paid. It's too hard. You want to know why we haven't seen what William Seymour? It's too hard. But we talk about these heroes of the faith. We know what happened in their lives and their ministry. We still celebrate them today. Oh, I can name them over and over and over and over. And, and you, would, you would know that they were giants of the faith. And they prayed and things changed. But if you read their biographies, read their stories, the hell they went through in between. But you know what? We don't remember them for the hell they went through. We remember it for the victories that they won. When you give up, somebody doesn't get saved. When you give up, somebody doesn't get healed. When you give up, somebody didn't have their marriage restored. When you give up, somebody, somebody blows their brains out. That's reality. When you give up, the cost is way too high to give up. It's way too high. I quote it every once in a while because it's just great writing. Holy Spirit was all over it when Gerald Crabb wrote down a few words that said he never promised that the cross would not get heavy or the hill would, not, would be too hard to climb. He never offered our victories without our fighting. But he said help would always come in time. He said, so remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says, give in. Just hold on. Because our God will show up and he will take you through the fire again. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Look in the Word of God. Everywhere they ever had a miracle, they ever had a sign, they ever had a wonder, it's because the trial was so great and it was so impossible that if God didn't do a miracle, didn't bring a sign, didn't bring a wonder, they wouldn't make it. It took great peril, great faith, and great opposition to see great moves of God. Because, see, God lets you do what's possible, then he does what's impossible. I got two verses hanging on the end of that I haven't dealt with. So I guess that we'll visit again. I thought we'd be done. But church, I'm a broken record, but it's a broken record that's never going to stop. Pray. How do I Pray. I don't know how to pray. You know how to talk? Talk. Talk to God. Give him five minutes. There's some people in the thing. Oh, five minutes. Oh, five minutes. What's five minutes? Give him five minutes. Every day. See, it's not a it's it's not a it's not about uh, he didn't have rules. Give him five minutes every day. You can pull five minutes together. So I don't know what I pray about for five minutes, but start writing down things you need to pray about. Make a list. Say, I can't read with my eyes closed. Nobody told you you had to have your eyes closed to pray. 
Closing your eyes is for you, not for God. I pray with my eyes open way more than I pray with my eyes closed. The Bible tells me to watch and pray. I'm not sure that's in context, but that's what I do, watch and pray. Write it down. You got stuff to pray about. Well, how do I know if I need to pray about it? Is it, is it concerning you? Bothering you? On your mind? Pray about it. Five minutes. Every day. Do it. Write it down. Five minutes will blow by. Be five minutes tomorrow. Before you know it, you won't be worried about the five minutes and you'll be praying. And you'll be seeing victory. And you'll have some opposition. Hey, if you got insomnia, read your Bible and pray. You'll be out like a light in two minutes. It'll cure it. Give him five minutes of word, five minutes of prayer, diligently. Come back and talk to me in a month. And you'll be telling me about the opposition that came against you, but you'll be saying, oh, but the things that have changed. And you won't have any desire to quit. And never forget, never forget, you serve a big God. Never forget. Why am I saying that? And you know what I'm going to say. Never forget, you serve a big God. Why? Ask big. Ask big. If you can handle it, it's probably not big enough. Ask big. Ask big. I ask for the impossible. Ask for the impossible. And when it's really important and it's not to come through yet, keep asking. That's the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. It avails much. How long do you pray? Until. 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 One of my favorite examples of that it's just so current. May not mean a thing to you, but I love it. It's one of my favorite examples of praying until. Y'all know three fairly famous cousins from Faraday, Louisiana. One of them passed away about two weeks ago. There was a whole lot of shaking going on. The killer the original wild man. The other one was about six months ago, the youngest. They're all a year apart, within a year. The youngest country music superstar. Lived like hell. Another one, a preacher. The oldest. Has, own, has his own failures. He's my hero because he never quit. I don't mind telling anybody Jimmy Lee Swagger is my hero. My faith's not in him. He's my hero because when everything should have never been able to get off his face, he never quit. He never quit. When the world hated him, when the preachers make fun of him, when people are still against him today, he's still winning millions for Jesus because he never quit. But that's not what I'm telling you about. Pray until. I remember about a year ago, one morning when he came on television, and he said, Mickey called me yesterday. He just wanted to tell me one thing. Jimmy, I made things right. I may, I'm, I'm saved today. Not long. Jerry Lee calls it, Jimmy, 
I've, I've been torn all my life. I've always loved the things of God, but I live like a crazy man. But today I know that I'm ready to go home. Saved. I'll meet you there. And that old preacher broke down into tears and says, I have prayed for them too for 70 years. When it never looked like it was ever going to change. 70 years. How long do you pray? Until. Pray until. That's going to be quite the reunion one of these days. Any afflicted? Pray. Are you merry? Praise Him. Are you sick? Call for the elders of the church. Anoint their head with oil. Pray the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus. Prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. If he committed any sins, it shall be forgiven him. Elijah can do it, so can you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you encourage us with your word. Lord, I thank you that when we press through and press on and press in and never give up, that when we ask anything according to your will, that you hear us. Lord, I have an expectation and an anticipation of a visitation like this area has never seen. That when your people begin to unite in prayer and in faith, that I expect the fire of heaven to fall again. Lord, prepare us. Prepare us for what you have. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.